0: On this week's episode of Blue by 90, uh, we start with first down where we talk about some Michigan news, a defensive end committed. Um, Students are coming back in the fall. Second down, we talk about a stat regarding some of our DBs. You'd be surprised about some of these stats here. Third down, we talk about our top five wide receivers since the year 2000. And stay tuned for fourth down for our interview with Michigan softball player Madison Uden. Uh, Don't tune out before we do our 0-90 to takes. Some of them are not very good, mine included. Uh, Thanks for listening and go Blue. This is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan!
1: That's
2: the beach of extra pass. And it goes for the win! The
1: three-pointer by Jordan Poole! Down the sideline! peoples jobs! Touchdown!
0: Welcome to Blue by 90, your Michigan Wolverines podcast. We are three dudes who talk maize and blue. I'm Kalen, joined by Jack and Roe. Guys, how we doing? Doing well. Doing well over here. Awesome, awesome. I'm glad you guys got your mics up and running. That's two weeks in a row. This is great. I mean,
3: I feel like we're a professional podcast at this point.
1: Pretty much. Everybody starts somewhere. You know, two podcasts in a row, you know. What is it, uh, Joe DiMaggio? You know, he had a two-game hitting streak, all right? We're going to get there. 56 (laughs) podcasts in a row. We sound good. We'll get there at some point.
0: Pretty soon, you'll just be uh, Joe Rogan or something, right, with your headphones on, talking about DMT or something. I don't know. Alpha brain? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Alpha brain, Uh, you know, makes your brain alpha. I don't know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me, next week's podcast, Elon Musk is our guest, so tune in, please. (laughs)
0: oh man i'm sure he'll have all the answers to our problems uh anyways on the sports front let's let's keep it uh keep it sports oriented here um mlb mlb announces they're back right what was it july 29th 24th something like that i believe
3: with some spring training on july 1st i think something like that so they finally came to an agreement which is good and we officially have sports back currently. hey there we go we're scheduled we're scheduled to have sports back that's a start right
1: slowly Perfect. but surely every every sports coming back NASCAR's back golf's back baseball sounds like it's going to be back basketball playoffs are going to be back soon and then hopefully the best one of all football will be here in a, in a few months so i'm very excited
0: dude i'm excited too MLB is back now. Do we know anything about where they're doing it? Are they doing it all in one location or any of that?
3: I actually didn't see what it was. I saw that it was a 60-game schedule. I think they were trying to do it all over. I don't think they were doing it in just one spot like the NBA. Um, I don't know that for sure, so don't quote me on that. But um, I was just thinking about it. Like, August, end of July and August is going to be a crazy time for us, right? NBA, MLB. Football, like, uh, training camps, things like that. Golf will still be going on. We'll have a lot to talk about coming up.
0: Dude, it's funny because there was, like, no sports for a long time, and all of a sudden they're just all going to be at once. Yeah. We'll just be spoiled.
3: It's going to hit us, like, too quickly. I won't even know what to do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's move on to our scheduled show here. Uh, So our first down, some Michigan news here um four-star defensive end Quentin Somerville uh Roe I don't know if you saw anything specific about that um he's four-star so that's awesome do you have any more on that
3: yeah so um he's a d end uh four-star d end like you just said um he is a guy huge dude he honestly looks like he is 25 already I don't know (laughs) if that if I should say that it's like NCAA violations maybe they'll they'll (laughs) I think the NCAA sometimes listens to this podcast, so we do have to be a little, you know, careful about what we say here. So um, I, he, he, I believe he's 18 years old, um, <laughs> <laughs> but on the, uh, on the real, he, he had a monster season last year. He's a 2021 recruit, but his junior season, he had 75 tackles and 29 tackles for loss, nine wow. sacks and a forced fumble. So Holy shit. 29 tackles for loss as a D end. I mean, just absolute domination. So um, I'm pumped for him. Another four star for us. We're bumped up, I think to the number six class in the nation um, that Michigan is for the 2021 class, which is phenomenal. Um, pretty crazy. I, I know you guys are going to be very surprised at this, but Ohio state is still number one. So um, unfortunately we haven't caught them. Um, but I mean, as far as Don Brown is doing and Jim Harbaugh, this class is unbelievable. Really, like for for them, you know, being in such a I, w- I would say mediocre spot as far as how their seasons have actually went on the re- recruiting side, they're still killing it. So, and especially for John, for Don Brown on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I think that Sean Nua has had a big uh, part of that. Our defensive line coach, he's killed it. You know, we've had. Unbelievable D line prospects, you know, Joshua Che, Chase Winovich, um, especially on the DN side, um, those guys going to the NFL. So I think that's helped a lot. But I'm excited about uh, Quentin to come. Um, he's the fourth, I believe, um, defensive line prospect that we have in this class. Uh, that is, I believe they're all four stars. Don't quote me on that. But I think we are going to be set for the uh, this 2021 class on the defensive line.
0: Um, going forward, that's awesome. Now, do you know where he's from? I'm not sure if you have that information on hand. So hold on, please. because just because I only asked because you know we tend to get beat out in a lot of different regions, and I'm curious if we happen to win him from a region we've been traditionally beat out by.
3: Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh, Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay, so, that's kind of interesting. It, I feel like we don't have that many people from that many recruits from that side of the other of country, do we?
0: Not that I know of. No, I mean honestly, the only one that comes to mind is Zach Charbonnet. He's a Cali guy, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but that kind of you know Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona region, not that many guys. Um, but hey, I'll take anybody if they help us beat Ohio State. So.
3: Yeah, and um, I mean, Scottsdale is, um, so I, he's, he's from Seguaro, which is actually one of the top high schools in Scottsdale um, now that I'm, I'm looking at it. That's where my cousin went to Chaparral, which Saguaro was their um, main rival. Same with Taylor Lewan went to Chaparral too. So Scottsdale is a hotbed for, um, for big high school recruits for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, that's good news. That's good news on the recruiting front, so I'm glad to see us winning there. Um, in other Michigan news, um, the university released some of their plans for what's going on in the fall. Um, some kind of interesting academic schedules going on here, right? No breaks in the academic schedule, right? They're just going to go something like August 31st to like November, um, just straight through, uh, no like large lectures, just, you know, any large lecture you're going to do online. They're going to do as much online stuff as they can, um, it's kind of interesting and kind of a you know an interesting approach here. I don't know if you guys have any opinion on it.
1: I I thought I saw somewhere where the students may have a choice if they want to do lectures or go strictly online. I could be completely off here, but I thought I saw that. Um but I love that they're going straight through. Less traveling, less chance that you're bringing, you know, COVID from one place to another. Although we're still playing football, we're traveling to play football. Um I don't know. I like it. I'm all, I'm all for it. And I think the students, I mean, whatever you get to go to winter break early. I'm assuming it's been a longer break. I think they're coming back in January and I think they go straight through until they're done in maybe April or may. Something um, like that. Yeah.
3: yeah, there's no, no spring break, which is if I, I, I think it's a good as a 27 year old, I think it's a great thing. <laughs> if I was a 21 year old in college, I'd be like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So I feel for some of those kids a little bit who, you know, spring break was some of the funnest times, of course, uh, for us in, in college. But I think it is the right decision here from the school's perspective.
1: And what do yeah, you think is going to happen with all these bars, like Rick's Skeeps? I mean, are they going to – they're probably not going to be open just assuming like – because if they are open, everybody's going to want to go there. I mean, these kids are like – they're young. They're healthy. They're probably not going to get sick. They don't give a care about, you know, if they get it or not because they'll probably be fine. Um, well, I mean, if interesting is... all these all these students come back on campus. I mean, there's going to be parties. There's going to be people hanging out. Everybody's going to want to get together.
0: Yeah. If Rickson's are open – If they're open, the kids will be there. There's no question.
1: Well,
3: I did see – so Harper's is, like, the Ricks of East Lansing. I know they have a Ricks, too, but it's, like, the Skeeps. Yeah, they have, like, what, 14 positive COVID uh, kids that were definitely there. Um, And I saw videos of that, and it was, like, literally just elbow to elbow there. So, yeah, you're definitely right. Kids – Kids are just dumb. They're, kids are dumb. College kids <laughs> are not the smartest people in the world, let's be honest. We're all there at some point. So I, I don't know when kids are back on campus how you're really going to um, address this and contain it. I hope from an athletic standpoint that the athletes, they should, I mean, if I was Harbaugh, I'd say our rule is you can't go to the bar. Like that should just be the rule for them, which stinks, of course, for them because they should have fun too. But if they want to stay healthy and keep the team healthy for the whole season, they should probably, you know, make those make those
1: decisions and be pretty hard on them. I've got an idea. Every sports team should have mandatory parties where you have to party with your team. So then that way, and you have to check in and whatnot, so that way you know exactly where your team's at. You're still allowing them to have fun. There may be some underage drinking, but you know where <laughs> everybody's at, right? Instead of everybody intermingling, right? I mean, that could that be a problem solver? Possibly. Bro, well,
0: just bleep that part out for the NCAA. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I never
3: underage drank, so I don't really know what that's about. I don't know about you never, guys. Never, never yeah. in my life. I what I what I do like about that idea though is I like the idea of just like Jim Harbaugh at a house downtown uh, Ann Arbor and he's the bouncer like outside (laughs) the front of the door with a clipboard arms folded, khakis, uh, sweater, and everything, hat, headset. He's
1: talking to somebody (laughs) in the back. Are we good? Can we let these guys in?
3: I, that would be an incredible image.
1: So he just
0: calls oh Don Brown to come kick you out, or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great imagery.
3: I I do. But have I like one, the idea. I, I like the idea too. I have one big time downer thing that I heard. A rumor that I heard. Oh no! I heard Pretzel Bell is closing.
1: I yes. Who sent that? Somebody sent that to us. I, yeah, <sighs> I heard that. Dude, that is sad. I mean, go back to the Saturday six-pack, man. That's what we talked about. Pretzel Bell. It was, was our favorite like our only,
0: bar.
3: Only
1: go-to bar, man. God. Where are us old people going to go and have some fun? Jim Brady's? Jim Brady's might be a spot. I'm going to try to go there tomorrow. I need a dance floor where
3: I can show off yeah. my terrible dance moves, though.
0: It's true. You can go to... Uh, no, never mind. Let's I was going to say tomorrow. you could go to Babs, but not really. I... Yeah.
1: You can't really dance at Babs. Yeah. yeah. You go to live,
0: but then you're definitely getting COVID.
1: Oh,
3: For sure. Geez. For sure.
1: You're getting more than COVID there, probably. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oof. Okay. Well, that's a tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, let's move on to our second down. Uh, we actually have a pretty good horse historical DB stat, right? Um, I don't know. Does anybody have it pulled up right now? Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Okay. Um, Lowest completion percentage allowed by a Big Ten defensive back since 2014. Number one is David Long Jr. from Michigan at 28. And that was in 2018. Uh, number two, Channing Stribbling Channing in 2016. Number three, David Long again in 2017. Number four, Jordan Lewis, 2016. Number five, our guy Vincent Gray in 2019. Guys, Michigan DBs. DBU. Come on, let's go. See,
1: I'm, I'm with you, but the only issue there is we've got these top TBs, and then we've got guys that are way down off the screen. And that's where we get burned, and that's why we lose 62-39 to 39 to Ohio State. Um, but yeah, great stat. Great stat. Can't be mad at that. I,
3: I think that although this looks on paper like an incredible stat, It actually is one of the reasons why we haven't succeeded on the defensive side of the ball. Um, We have have succeeded against the bad teams, right? But we've been burned by the Penn States and the Ohio States and things like that. Channing Stribling is number two on this list. Lowest completion percentage allowed by Big Big Ten DB since 2014. He is, not to knock him, I think he's a very good player. Stop he's struggling it. to make the
1: XFL dude. Shannon's Stripping was my guy. I loved him at Michigan.
3: Okay. But what does it say about it? That he, he's struggling to make the XFL rosters right now. like oh. I'm just saying that, that like, wh- why doesn't this stat say anything about the guys getting to the next level? Are they that good? Or I think it's more of a scheme thing where we blitz so often, that it really affects the quarterback, and it's either a deflected ball, a hurried ball, or, or something like that that forces that incompletion percentage more than actually that DB really playing good defense.
0: No, I understand um, what you're saying, and I think what you're saying is actually right, and it's a good point, right? There's, we put so much pressure on the quarterback that it affects these DB stats. Jack, I'm going to give you a chance to defend your guy, Channing.
1: Dude. Okay, so everybody okay, okay. Let me let me try to get my head together <laughs> here. Because every we've ever, basically every year since twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, whenever this came out, um we've had a top D B like that, and you're saying it's the the scheme and everything, and that's what's affecting it. People have been shitting on Don Brown's scheme for the last two years.
0: True. Okay. Anybody got anything
1: to say about but so what do you mean? Okay. What do you, what? I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not so sure what you, you're trying what to you're
1: say. Saying, like this, well, it's the defensive scheme and the pressure and everything. And that's why the, um, you know, the completion percentage rate is so low and that's what's affecting our, you know, defense and why the numbers look good there. Then why are we still losing by, you know, 60 points to Ohio state?
3: All right. I'll, I'll say that then. I'll, here we go. What do, so these are all DBs, Right. There's not Correct. a safety on this single list. Correct. We, we shut down the corners and we leave the middle open. And you want to know where else ever we get absolutely burned all the time? Is we right get stuck with a linebacker on the fastest wide receiver, right? I've seen KJ Hill being run down by Mike McCray, who is 280 pounds. Like it's the scheme that it, it makes, it makes it go. You know, there's certain spots where we absolutely shine on the defensive line. We shine, we get sacks and we hurry the quarterback, but we give up these spots here uh, between in the middle. It's very, very specific in the middle of the field and the crossing routes that we give up. And so on paper, I mean, we've kind of we've kind of talked about it. You know what? Our guy B Coop said it. He said D Brown or Don Brown needs to um, be fired, and his stats look really, really good on paper. And I love Don Brown, but the scheme and in, in the, as a whole doesn't seem to be working as good as it seems on as as far as stats uh, go.
0: Man, you can get and that hater see- talk out of here. What are you talking about, man? Twenty sixteen, Don Brown.
1: It could be. It could be something like, you know, we're getting. It's. It's the. Hit, it's the home runs that are getting hit. We're getting have. We're having more home runs hit against us, but they're not getting the singles and doubles.
3: all in baseball is, terms. That's a.
1: That's good a analogy. great
3: analogy. Great analogy. Yep.
1: I see it. Yeah, but
3: okay. I. I. I think that I mean. Yeah, I, this is still an unbelievable stat, like absolutely wild, because I think I said to you guys earlier in the week when we first saw this stat, Jeff Okuda, who got drafted number two overall by the Lions this year, was from Ohio State, and he doesn't have these stats. So, I mean, this is still a very, very impressive stat. I mean, there have been some unbelievable players in the Big Ten on uh, as defensive backs, that aren't on this list. So it's still something great. I think it's a great stat to go around for recruiting on the defensive side of the ball, too. So um, I I think it's I still think it's pretty impressive. But I did want to add in some some, you know, texture to it of why this might be that we're all at the top.
0: Yeah, well said. And A couple cleanups there before we move on to our next topic. Uh, the stat is from Pro Football Focus and Mike McRae is 242 pounds.
1: <laughs> I know I heard 280, I was like, <laughs> I mean, maybe after quarantine.
3: <laughs> I mean, I mean, he listen, when I saw him running after wide receivers, he looked like he was 280. So, no offense to Mike McRae, he was a fantastic linebacker for us, but. He, he should not have been covering anybody
0: other than a tight end,
3: ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure he would admit that, too.
0: All right, well, let's move on to our third down here. Top five wide receivers since the year 2000. Uh, guys, I hope you've been working on your list as hard as I have. Uh, I say that jokingly because I just saw Jack <laughs> scribble his down in five minutes. Um, <laughs> so... Why not start with you, Jack? We'll do it like a snake draft. How's that? <laughs> snake
1: draft sounds great, guys.
3: <laughs> we have oh. so much to
1: teach you. <laughs> I have a lot to learn, and I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to lead it off. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a Kalen move like he did with the top five running backs, um, except I believe this guy has already cemented his name there, and he has nothing more to prove. Number five, Nico Collins. Okay. Okay. We've already talked about it last episode. He's earned that number one jersey. He he basically – he is a number one guy. We, we've compared him to Braylon Edwards. We've compared him to Anthony Carter. We've compared him to endless other guys on the list. So his career is not over. I think he's going to have a big season this year. But he is already number five on my list.
3: I don't hate it. I don't hate that at all. He's already at almost 1,400 yards in three years – and like we've said, we talked about it a lot. I, I think that's, that's pretty solid. Um, I'll go ahead and go next then. Um, at number five, I feel like this might surprise you guys. I have Steve Breston at number five. Um, he, I, I wanted to go a little bit higher, but just because of the name. And I think there was some nostalgia there. Of, like we had said, like he was it, you know, when, back when I fell in love with Michigan football, but Look back at the stats. He had 2,000 yards and 156 catches in his career. Um, I think he kind of got outdone by another receiver who I'm not going to say their name because we'll mention it here in a little bit. Um, but I, I still think he's a, he was an absolute stud. So for in the last 20 years to be in the top five, you know, great achievement. But that's where I had Steve Breston.
1: I was going to say, he was was probably remembered a little bit more for, I mean, he was a great receiver, don't get me wrong, but he was probably remembered a little bit more for like kick returns, pump returns, he was a great return guy.
3: Absolutely. When I was looking at his stats, he had like, it was almost, I don't want to say it was almost as many return yards as he he had receiving yards because it wasn't, but I was like, oh my God, how many returns does this guy have? He really (laughs) did have a ton of yardage uh, in returns for his career.
0: He was a killer yeah Steve Breston was great um okay I'll move on to mine then um my number five is jason avant um he had two thousand two hundred and forty seven career yards uh one of his seasons in two thousand and five was a thousand yard season um thirteen career touchdowns uh the guy was solid right and he had a rock solid n f l career if i remember correctly right uh yeah about-
3: he played for he played for the Eagles for quite some time yeah
0: yeah. So I mean, it also helps that he had Chad Henney thrown to him too. So that's great. But yeah, number and five Donovan, Jason Avant.
3: I think it was Donovan McNabb in the NFL as well. So
0: Yeah.
1: God, I used to have a I used to have that Black Eagles Donovan McNabb jersey back in the day. Oh man, <laughs> that's cold. Oh, that's a sweet McNabb. jersey. God, dude. All right. Well, I guess uh number four. I've got Roy Roundtree. Might Ooh. I was gonna say probably not on your guys' list, but the reason I put him there, he has one of the most legendary catches in Michigan football history. Denard Robinson thrown to the corner of the end zone, first night game in Michigan Stadium history, and touched on the win the game to beat Notre Dame, one of our bigger rivals. So um, he's had some other bigger games, but I've got, but that's why I've got him at number four. He's a
0: legend. He's a Michigan wide See, receiver legend. That like, was an yeah. awesome game too. I mm-hmm. loved that. I mean,
3: that's the best game. I think is in the last twenty years. Honestly, May, I, I'm biased because I was there, but still, it was unbelievable. He also he's a Michigan man through and through because he's still on the staff. He's a wide receivers Gra- coach.
1: Oh, is he? Okay, I couldn't remember he's, if he was still a grad uh, assistant or wide receivers coach or what. But yeah, he's on staff. I yeah.
3: believe he graduated, so now he's an official oh, wide receivers coach.
1: No, do I think he? I think he just took a job somewhere. Oh shit. You're, I could actually, be wrong, you're but right. I think you're right. I think something just came out this past offseason that he took a job. you right. might be
0: right. It's ringing a bell for me.
1: I want to see Toledo. I don't know. Okay. Go ahead. Somebody else. Go ahead. I'm gonna look this yeah. up. I gotta find out now.
3: Um. So number four, Kalen, I had Jason Avant at four. Um. So like you said, he had a thousand year, uh, thousand yard year, his senior year in 2005. Um. He was, I think he wasn't, respected enough while he was there we had so many good um wide receivers around him like around those times in the early 2000s um that he like if he were to come about now oh my god people would just eat him up it, he'd be the greatest thing to ever come about right of course. um so I think that he, he's an absolute stud. His, his uh, 2,200 uh, yards total for his career is a great stat, too. So, yeah, I, I think he's a solid number four there.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Jason's the guy, man. Uh, my number four is uh, Jeremy Gallen. Um, over 2,700 career yards, 17 career touchdowns, 1,000-yard season in 2013. Um, the guy was a stud, and honestly, when I was at Michigan games, I felt like God. I, every ten seconds, I heard him say "Jeremy Gallon" on the play. Like this guy is everywhere. So I mean, I just love that hearing that he's getting involved all the time. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, Jeremy Gallon, number four.
1: So I looked up uh, Roy Roundtree, Grand Valley State wide receivers coach. Oh, love it, Laker for a lifetime. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so. Number three, Mario Manningham. He was—I don't have a lot of stats on him right now—but he was a great. He was just one of my favorite guys to watch. Chad Henne throw to. I mean, on top of Braylon Edwards, Steve Breston, all those guys. Um, we had Mario Manningham there. Great wide receivers core. Um, and I and he did well in the NFL. Played for the Giants for a little bit. Eli yeah. Manning. I think he won a Super Bowl. Don't correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, that's my number three.
0: It's a great pick, great
3: pick. Um, and I will go with uh, at number three. I have Jeremy Gallen. So the the biggest thing that I have for Jeremy Gallon, every other guy I have on this list is probably like six two, six three, six four. Jeremy Gallon is five eight, five yeah. eight. That's crazy <laughs> for a wide receiver in the Big Ten, man. And but he made up with it with uh, made up for it with speed. Obviously, twenty seven hundred career yards. He had 1,300 yards his senior year. That's a hell of a year. Um, And then, of course, that Indiana game where he had 14 catches, 369 yards, and two TDs. I believe that's a a Michigan record and possibly a Big Ten record. He might be second in the Big Ten. Um, But an unbelievable game there. And all in all, let's think about it. Every other person on this list had a stud offensive line and a stud quarterback. No offense to Devin Gardner. Hey, now, hey, now. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But as far as offensive line, he definitely didn't have a stud offensive line. So as far as the team around him, he did the most with the least around him, I think.
0: That's a great way to put it, because he was legit. And he really, he was able to shine in a situation that maybe wasn't the best, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so for me, my number three, Um, You guys are going to be like, this guy is out of his tree. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, Okay. My number three is Ronnie Bell. Now, hear me out on this. Are you ready? Ronnie Bell only has two seasons under his belt. In his first season, he only had eight receptions for 145 yards, but he was able to score two touchdowns. Last season, he had 758 yards. But he was only able to get one touchdown. So I think the only knock that you have against Ronnie Bell is that, for whatever reason, he's not utilized in the red zone. Uh, If if he scores, or if he puts up the same number of yards in his next two seasons, he will have over 2,200 yards. He will have more yards than Jason Avant. So all he needs to do is be utilized in the red zone, and ha- put up the same number of yards, and I, then we will be talking about, dude. You guys remember Ronnie Bell? For somehow, somehow, he had twenty five hundred yards and twenty four touchdowns.
1: Bro, I think I know what you're gonna say. Just say it. No,
3: listen, I'm actually on Kalen's side here. Oh, yeah. I think he's a stud. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that Ronnie Bell has more yards than Nico Collins does right now
1: um he may he may
3: or it, he at least had more yards sorry that's not that's not correct i don't believe but he had more yards in 2019 than nico collins did
0: it's if anything it's close yes. nico might have like 800 and ronnie had 758 last year
1: well i think i think ronnie was leading receiver last year
0: that sounds right ronnie but, was.
1: Kalen, i gotta give you a hard time here you said Ronnie wasn't utilized in the red zone. Don't make me bring up what you know I'm about to say.
0: Oh, don't even say it. Don't
1: the, make me the do kid it. Believe the ball. me. I love Ronnie Bell. I love Ronnie Bell. And he had an amazing game up to that point. You're gonna talk shit about I'm the not, kid I'm that not, cried not, on the sideline not, right after. I'm not talking to Ronnie. I'm talking to Kaylin. <laughs> I'm talking to Kaylin. All right. <laughs> I do I love Ronnie Bell. He's an amazing receiver. And I think, you know, I think he could get into this top five list. He had I love him. I love having him on the team. I wish he could stay forever. But don't say he wasn't utilized in the red zone. That's one play. It's one You've play, but it still matters. <laughs> <laughs> it so, was one I'm, play that would have
3: won us a game. I will say that. All I'm saying it is look one, at the numbers. It Believe
1: me, I feel for him. I feel look, for him. He, look he at loves the numbers. to play the game. Get him no, somebody
0: then. who's not Shea Patterson to throw him the ball and – you might see something here, so I'm just saying, I give mean, get a you shot. Mean Dylan McCaffrey, hey, could be,
1: could be. I mean, they do have second. They do have practice for second team too. <laughs> That's a good one, man. <laughs> Real good joke. <laughs> Jeez. But but they Ronnie Bell, I do think he's gonna have a really good. St- I think Ronnie Bell and Nico could possibly go for a thousand yards this year. Both, yeah. both of them.
0: Exactly. With with
1: Dylan or Joe, I'm not gonna. I'm not just gonna ride the train the entire time. Like I'll, I'll give some love to to Dylan.
0: Yeah. So I'm just tossing that ball out there to let you guys say, hmm, maybe Ronnie. uh, You know, let the gears turn here. You know, I hope. uh, I hope our OC is listening and uh, taking notes. So I
3: will give you some shit. Him at number three is absolutely wild. (laughs) If you would have said like honorable mention or threw him in at number five, but number three is insane,
0: dude. You <laughs> got a touchdown shoot.
3: in his career? Okay.
1: Oh, he's got
0: three touchdowns. Sorry. In his Sorry. Oh,
1: three. He's got three. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Nico have
0: three last season in one game? He did. He did. He did. He did. But here's the thing: Nico is going to leave after this season. Ronnie, we got two more years. So, what who's if he better?
1: Put- who's better, Nico or Ronnie?
0: Who has a higher ceiling? I would say Nico.
1: But who's better? I didn't say who's got a higher ceiling. Hard Kaylin, to say. You, but Hard you've got say. you've got Ronnie at number three. You must have Nico at number two or one. Then all I'm saying
0: <laughs> this is only for Michigan stats, right? So unless Nico puts up two thousand yards next year, stop. Sorry. Yeah,
1: stop. Hey,
3: listen, Jack. <laughs> Kalen has Ronnie having twenty two touchdowns next year. In yeah, the next
0: two it. years. I would love it. I two would love years? It. Is that
3: what you said? I'm sorry. Yes.
0: Yeah, so he can get 10 and 12. That's all I'm saying. All right, I'm going to stop talking you shit. You better grow
3: a little two. bit because all we do is
1: throw it up to the corner. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> all
0: right, Jack, we'll move on to your number two.
1: All right, number two. You guys had him for number three. I got Jeremy Gallon. Like you guys said, he had... I believe his senior year, he had thirteen hundred yards, thirteen hundred seventy-three yards, which is a Michigan single-season record. And then for the yards in a game, three hundred sixty-nine against Indiana, that's a Big Ten record. So he's—I mean, he's on the record board for the two. I mean, he doesn't have touchdowns, but um, for those two yards, I mean, that's that's a huge record to be a part of. So that's why I've got Jeremy Gallon there um, big games with Devin Gardner in that 2013 season uh, where I Devin Gardner, I believe had the two highest passing yards in a game for a Michigan quarterback that season. Um, so that's, why I got Jeremy Gallon at number two.
3: All right. So at number two, I had Mario Manningham. So Mario was like, again, same with Jason Avant, but I think even more so he was that guy when I really fell in love with Michigan football that like, He was just that stud, right? I remember the Penn state game where, um, they wanted an overtime, um, right at the last second on the last play of the game. Um, he had 2,300 yards. Really? He was like the go-to guy clutch catches. And he was the, he was that go-to guy for, I believe three straight years. So I feel like you don't see that much anymore. Um, guys either go pro or, you know, they just don't have that type of career anymore. So, um, Yeah, I had had
0: Mario uh, Manningham at number two. All right, I'll jump into my number two (laughs) pick, which is also Mario Manningham. Um, Yeah, the guy was legit. 2,300 career yards, 27 touchdowns, 1,000-yard season in 2017. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not much more to be said that we already haven't said. Um, The guy was just a beast. So, yeah, Mario Manningham, number two. Well, this is stupid. We're all going to have the same number one. Come on. We saw it coming. <laughs> I almost same didn't thing. have the number one,
1: but, I'll, but I'll, I'll give my reasoning. So number one, Braylon Edwards, um, three straight thousand-yard seasons. Like I said before, I almost did not have him at number one because my most memorable Braylon Edwards moment is in the Rose Bowl. I believe it must have been 4 05, where Chad Henney just throws a perfect ball Right here, at least two times, and it's dropped. Would have been a touchdown. I may, I may be remembering that incorrectly, but that is what I remember about Brian <laughs> Edwards, and uh, it obsessed me every time.
0: Dude, I remember him getting drunk and like tweeting something like two years ago.
1: Oh, dude, yeah, he got kicked off of a TV show or something.
0: Yeah, BTN or something.
1: Yeah,
3: he, he is like blackballed from the Michigan athletic department right now because of it. I think what. He like he got drunk at some at Soaring Eagle Casino or something and (laughs) was like talking shit shit about Michigan football and now they're like, All right, see you later. Which is sad because if he's obviously the unanimous number one wide receiver, like we want him to be associated with the team. So it just kind of sucks, but yeah, happens.
1: And also he was he was talking shit for a valid reason, right? Like it wasn't kind of out of nowhere. Like everybody was kinda thinking it, nobody has really said it. Like he was just like what the fuck is going on?
0: I think he was. Everyone was mad because he was like talking smack, like almost directly to players, right? Like uh, calling people out. Mm. Which do Some that people need
1: to be called out? I don't know.
3: I mean, text <laughs> the players then, or like go but into the locker room or out. something. Like, yeah, don't yeah. sit bes- sit behind a keyboard and be a keyboard warrior and tweet about it, man. Like, that's you what obviously we They are welcome.
0: I mean, yeah, exactly. That's our job. Hey.
3: <laughs> hey, stop that.
0: Yeah. No, bro, what I, you got on Braylon?
3: I I mean, he was a unanimous All-American, Big Ten MVP, Bolitnikoff Award. I mean, so he literally – it was like Trey Burke's sweep of all the awards um, that they had for him to possibly win um, in his senior season. And like Jack said, the three uh, straight 1,000-yard seasons – um the big thing that jumps out to me is two thousand four Halloween game against m s u um there's i mean the the still frame the picture of him in uh in front of i don't even know who the dude is on m s u but just going up for it and just stealing it away from him like he he obviously um oh dominated that game and a lot of other games. But that that's the one thing I remember watching that game and um and just being like, holy crap, this dude is the real deal. And anytime you can have an iconic moment against Michigan State, I'm probably going to love you forever. So that's fine.
1: <laughs> and that's my fondest moment of Braille Edwards.
0: Yeah, of course. The guy was just a beast, right? I mean, dude, and it doesn't hurt either that he had John Navarre and then moved on to Chad Henney. I mean, True. my top two guys. Those are my top two guys, I think. That's pretty good company for guys throwing to you. Yeah. You
3: know, you know what, too? I gotta mention this because I completely forgot to mention it uh last week when we were talking about um sports moments that made me fall in love with sports. Going back to John Navarre when Jack it was his favorite player and he, he weirdly went up to his house and John Navarre was like, Who the hell is this kid? It's and, consensual. <laughs> But my first Detroit Lions game ever, I went to watch the Lions. Um, Do you remember
1: Roy Williams? Oh, yeah. Dude, legend. Somebody put – I think uh, the Mitten Sports or – Somebody put that up. The other. He was
3: like one of what? They had like five wide receiver number one picks in a row. He was one of them. But it was that Lions team against the Cardinals. And John Navarre was a starting quarterback for the Cardinals for (laughs) my first ever Detroit Lions game. So throw that in there, too, for you, Jack, um, to add to the legend of John Navarre.
1: That's awesome. Hold on. I'm going to find the stat, too, because they put something up the other day. It was. um. Who is the white wide receiver for the Lions? Do you guys remember him? Who who? Uh yeah.
3: David David Kirkus. Mike Furry. Oh.
1: Remember Mike Furry? <laughs> I named a different white guy. 98 <laughs> catches for 1086 yards in 2006. I don't know. I mean, look if you see his picks, <laughs> like this is this is him. If you can see that. Yeah,
3: Mike Furry, nice. I mean, I remember him for sure. <laughs> Mike
1: Furry, nice. Fuck. You. <laughs> what an asshole. Oh, man. I don't I
0: remember, know
3: All I remember about uh, that game. Oh, you remember was... Ben Wallace? Yeah, nice. <laughs> oh, we're comparing Mike Furry to
1: Ben Wallace now?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Hey, safety for the Rams the year prior. He could have been Defensive Player of the Year.
3: <laughs> oh, know. my gosh. Talk about losing listeners. Oh, oh man! man. <laughs> all I remember about that game, though, is do you remember the commercial where they're like, "Roy, Roy, Roy, Roy"?
0: <laughs> do you remember this?
3: They, that's all they played oh. at that game, and I had a sign that said, "I like wrote out Roy, 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 Roy," and they played
0: it, and I was like the happiest person <laughs> on the planet at like twelve years old. That's amazing. So, uh, all right, well, there you have it, our top five wide receiver list. Uh, you know, <laughs> a lot of agreement at the number one spot, obviously, uh, Braylon Edwards. Um, so let's move on to our fourth down. Wait, um, do we
3: uh, have any? Hold on, sorry. Do we have mentions.
0: any honorable I got plenty. mentions?
3: Oh, okay. I got okay. plenty.
0: Yeah, what you got?
1: So Amara Darbo. Ooh, have I had him on there, too. Yeah. Yep. Legendary receiver. Very memorable catch. Very similar to OBJ against BYU uh yeah just like that <laughs> J.U. Chesson obviously yeah. he's uh he's gotta be on there and then Junior Hemingway I think, I think he was the last guy to wear number 21 unless it was round tree or gallon because they had um, like the legends jerseys but um Junior Hemingway dude he was I feel like he wasn't that big of a guy but he was another guy that could go up and get it down in the red zone or wherever
0: yeah a guy that doesn't really fit because they're wide receivers was Devin Funches, who I really wanted to yeah, put in there.
1: He, I know. He was almost in my top five. I should have put him in the honorable mentions. But, yeah, fun, he was the last guy. We're number one. Other than yeah. We're not counting Kakoa Crawford, okay?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, come on, dude. Like, How could he just get that? As a freshman, I think he got it. He, he got it right away without even proving anything. I'm like, just so on. confused who's like, making least, these decisions.
1: Like, Ambry Thomas-Kamark is on the defensive side of the ball. There's no comparison. Right, like it's and like, and Amber There's, Thomas whatever. is a stud. Yeah,
3: at least like make him be a ball player. True. Yeah. What do you guys got? For has, mention? Galen has the entire 2020 roster of wide receivers <laughs> for his honorable mention.
1: Yeah, yeah you it, got um. Well, who God? Who is it? The guy from Hawaii. What's his name?
0: The guy from Ah. Oh,
1: fuck, he's got a great name. What is his name?
0: Oh, he's a wide receiver? He's a recruit. He's coming in this year. This is bothering me. What's his What's position? Wide receiver. He's a wide receiver from Hawaii. <laughs> you said he's a <laughs> wide receiver?
1: What's his position? God. Oh, I don't uh, think
3: Kalen listens to <laughs> it. Kalen's just not even are you? Attention. Are your headphones working? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Michigan 2020 receivers. Hold on. I'm going to find this. Yeah, who's this guy? God. He's on the tip of my tongue. Alright, who do we got? Where where is it? Because he was on um D B J Gone. Da 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 da. Roman Wilson. Oh. Roman Wilson. But we got Roman Wilson, top guy, top receiver, AJ Henning, another top guy. Um they're
0: both four stars. Dude, you might be right. They might all be on my honorable mention. Hey know. Hey you know. Dude, somebody. Whoever's at QB is throwing for 7,000 yards. So I believe just it. Just going straight it's going to be?
1: You no, know it's going to be? Dan Villari QB1 against Washington. <laughs> that, that highlight nice, tape, though. he looked nice, man. He looked nice. You
3: know what? If Dan Valari doesn't do anything else, he's got a sweet
1: videographer. That's all I know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'm like, dude, just follow me around day to day. That's all I need. Pouring freaking <laughs> coffee in my cup. I don't care. Make my head be still, but, like, my body's moving around. Like, that shit's crazy.
0: All right, let's move on from here. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to add on there? Nope. Bueller.
3: I think we're good.
0: Bueller. All right, well, we'll move on to our fourth down. Uh, that'll be Rose's interview with uh, Michigan softball player Madison Uden. So stay tuned. Alright, we're back here on Blue by
3: 90. I am joined by Michigan softball player Madison Uden. Madison, how's it going?
2: It's going well, hanging in there. Not doing much, but enjoying my time.
3: Yeah, how has uh, how's it been getting through quarantine here? You're stuck in Ann Arbor still? I wouldn't say stuck. Ann Arbor is a pretty cool place. but.
2: <laughs> yeah, Um. well I went home for a little bit at the beginning when this whole thing started, so that was nice to hang out with my family spend some time there. Um, and then came back here after um, going back to see my boyfriend in Virginia um, for a while. And then we drove back up here. So we've been up here for a few months now and obviously just got a puppy. So that's been awesome. Um, and yeah, I love Ann Arbor. So I don't regret coming back here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you are, you're dating, is it Andrew Vistardis from the football yeah. team? Yeah. Okay. O lineman. So, what's it like dating, you know, a famous football player like that?
2: <laughs> um, it's fun. Actually, my favorite is like when he wears things out and people just are like, "Are you on the football team?" And like when little kids are just like, after games, "Can you sign my autograph?" Or your god, "Can I get your autograph?" I'm like, it's so cute. But no, <laughs> he's awesome, and it's fun.
3: Good. All right. That's awesome. Um and so uh you went back home that, to Glendale, right? Yes. Okay. So what was it like? I mean, obviously it's pretty toasty there, I'd say, pretty hot right now.
2: Yeah, it's definitely hot. I think it was like 80s when I was there, so it wasn't too bad, but oh, um right the past few weeks it's up, been up at like 106, 107. So Oh my
3: gosh.
2: Yeah, it's, okay. it's hot. my mom's like I'm ready to leave. <laughs> <laughs>
3: So what was the transition like coming from there, from when you were in high school and, and your childhood to Ann Arbor, where I'm assuming during some of your recruiting visits, it was a little chilly?
2: Yeah, so my first recruiting visit here um, was my sophomore year um, of high school, early, I think it was like October. Actually, it was my birthday weekend, um, okay. so the first week of October, and it was like what I thought was like freezing rain, um, but it was like forties and rainy and um, and it didn't stop me from coming here. I thought that um, like change was going to be such a good thing. So I was Mm -hmm. just like, let's go for it. Um, And then when I got here, um, kind of the same feeling. I didn't regret it and I loved it, weather and all. The hardest part though, was playing in the cold weather. Cause that was like new to me, mm-hmm. um, but you get used to it. You start to learn to dress for it and it's been awesome.
3: Yeah. And so, um, at least the first couple of weeks, I'm sure practice was different, but at least the first couple of weeks of your season, you were down South or in California in preseason, right? So you got to enjoy some of the warm weather playing there, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, going out to California, all my family gets to go out there cause I'm so close. Um, mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And then Florida, So it's, it's so funny. It's my favorite story. But um, our first weekend is always Florida, that first mm-hmm. weekend in February. And it's after, like, of course, four months of winter. And every single time, it never fails. Even when I wear sunscreen, I'm literally fried. When <laughs> I never get a sunburn because the Arizona sun, you know, you're just so used to it. But I just get Literally like I'm peeling three days after.
3: <laughs> so. And then you come back and it's February in Ann Arbor and you're like, it's, you know, five degrees out. Yeah,
2: Exactly. Exactly.
3: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, so now, you know, you, you have come to Ann Arbor, you're an, you're a student athlete at the university of Michigan. What is that like? What is life like on a day-to-day basis? Is it, you know, fun is it different than being just a student um give us some insight on that
2: Yeah, I think um I think it's definitely different than being a regular student. Obviously, I don't know what that's like, um but I feel like it's it's absolutely a different lifestyle. Um it, sometimes it can be very stressful, like especially my freshman year when I had class till 2:30, practice started at 3. Um, but, you know, all your teammates were out there at 2.30 already putting in work, like, warming up earlier, and, you know, and so it was mm-hmm. very stressful. Like, I felt like I couldn't get on the bus fast enough. I couldn't get down to practice fast enough. Um, and then, you know, you kind of start getting used to it. You're like, okay, this is my schedule. Like, I'm not going to let this stress me out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and so then, like, just through the next years after that, it's just, it's so much fun. Um, it's, it's it's a lot of hard work, obviously. Um, but you just, your body adapts and days that you're sore, you just want to sleep, but you got to keep going. So it's definitely hard, but it's so worth it.
3: Yeah. I think the balance is so difficult, right? Of, of being, you know, you still have the same amount of schoolwork as a normal student, but then you have lifting, you have practice, you have, you know, all that comes with being a student athlete. So, um, that's always very tough, but there are some perks that come with being a student athlete, right? So (laughs) Can give us uh, a few perks that you might have uh, liked during your time
2: yeah I think my favorite um is definitely the fact that they feed us um (laughs) (laughs) because you feel like you just can't eat enough like your body is just going 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 and you never slow down and Mm -hmm. it like you're always looking for a bite to eat and so I think that's one of my favorite perks also just I don't know the fact that you get to claim that you're an athlete at the university of Michigan, even like not just on campus, but like a, around the country, like people just know Michigan. They know the like repertoire of it. And it's, it's like a huge perk, even though it doesn't seem like it would be, but it is. And also yeah. free clothes. <laughs> I
3: I was just going to say the gear too. getting, getting some Nike clothes that that doesn't hurt at all.
2: It does. It, it does not hurt. Nope. <laughs> especially when you came in with like no warm or no cold gear so that oh, part really hit different
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you're wearing the long sleeves every single day and like yeah if you only had t-shirts packed coming to ann arbor you were probably in trouble
2: yeah that was me <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah i remember my girlfriend when she was playing and it was like i do they still call it christmas when all the gear comes in oh yeah yeah, yeah. You guys get boxes on boxes of stuff, which is always very cool.
2: Yeah, so cool. Best part.
3: (laughs) And I think the other thing, like you said, about eating, everyone thinks about all these football players and basketball players. They eat so much food, and people think, oh, the girls, I'm sure, you know, they don't eat much, but I'm not going to lie. I know you guys stuff your faces. Oh,
2: we do. We we (laughs) absolutely do. It's hysterical because Hutch, like, every time we're on the road – Hutch is like it's eating time again. Do you ever <laughs> stop feeding these kids. It's it's hilarious. We're just like hungry every three hours at least.
3: That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I, I like that you guys really are not about the mantra of being girly girls. You're you're the athletes that you know you're tough as nails and you can eat whenever you want. So
1: there that's you right. Go. <laughs>
3: Um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, even going past um, outside of Ann Arbor, outside of the University of Michigan, and how cool it is to say that you go to Michigan. What does, you know, you? I've heard the term, and we've all heard the term, the Michigan difference. What does that truly mean to you?
2: Um, I think to me, it's just kind of the standard that we uphold at Michigan, whether you're a student athlete or not. Um, I. I mean, this institution institution is based on research, and I think that has a lot to say just for the entire university as a whole, including athletics. Um, so, I mean, it's it's a complete honor to be a Michigan Wolverine, and um, yeah, it's I don't know. I think it's just the standard. Um, it's different than everyone else. Um, you're pissed when you're not winning a championship. And you're going back the next day and you're putting in work when no one's watching. Um, and so the Michigan difference is just like, how can you make this university better than what it is right now at this present moment? So,
3: yeah. And I think there's something to it too that's just, it, there's a different vibe, like when you're, In school, when you're uh, on the field, like you said, the standard is so high, Mm -hmm. um, but it's just kind of like, I think about football game days and basketball game days and softball game days at alumni field. It's like, you don't get that anywhere else, especially in the big 10, you know, it's just a different thing there that I think is a very cool vibe to Michigan.
2: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. It's playing at home. is like one of the like greatest feelings. I literally just got chills saying that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely going to miss it, but it's, it is it is a Michigan difference. It's like, you know, no other no other school is like us. So.
3: so, speaking of alumni field, I have been to quite a few softball games at alumni field myself. Um, it's always packed. You've always, you know, you talked about your boyfriend getting uh, autographs there. There's always a line of about... Forty girls, fifty girls that are um, waiting for you guys at the end of the game. So, what is it like playing in front of a packed stadium on a home weekend at Alumni Field?
2: Yeah, it's a, uh, it's quite, it's quite the adventure. It's the most fun thing I think I've ever done in my entire life, um, especially truthfully being a female sport you don't really like expect people to go to your games um but to come to michigan and to have a packed stadium sold out seats like on huge weekends like ohio state like i think even we we like sold out in like six minutes for a regional one year and um it's it's probably like one of the coolest things it gives me like nerves definitely a little bit (laughs) um But once you get rolling with your teammates and you're just out there like having fun and after every single strikeout and by the end of the game with two strikes left, the entire stands is pounding their feet like that's just the coolest thing ever. And you can't get it anywhere else but alumni field. It's so cool.
3: Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people that are have been to a football game or a basketball game, but I would encourage I mean, there is no place like Alumni Field. It's it's craziness. And so if anybody out there that hasn't been to a softball game and thinks, you know, oh, it wouldn't be that fun, it's, you know, whatever, it is a phenomenal atmosphere. And they're always pretty dang good. So um, the, you can always, I mean, especially when we're going through Big Ten season, you guys fly through it. So um, yes. you yeah. guys are come always, to <laughs> come, come to softball games, come support the girls out there. Um, one thing that I didn't have, we didn't talk about earlier, um, but so going away from alumni field, you guys had a trip to Cuba, right? Yeah. Um, so first international trip ever for the, for the Michigan softball team. Yep. Tell us what that was like.
2: Oh my gosh. That was like an experience of a lifetime. First of all, never been out of the country. So that was way cool. Um, It's, like, completely different down there. So I felt like everything was organized for us so that we could, like, absolutely take advantage of every opportunity and ounce of fun that we could have had. So kudos to Kelsey Susala, our ops. I love Kelsey. Yes, she's the bomb. Um, And so... I think just, like, that Cuba trip was absolutely, like, eye-opening because we had to pay for Wi-Fi, first of all. It was, like, 10... It was basically, like, 10 American dollars for five hours of Wi-Fi. Oh, so my you, gosh. And we were there for, like, I think, five days. Yeah. And so we had to, like, log off of our Wi-Fi at night when we fell asleep, log back in for, like, maybe 20 minutes in the morning um, if we wanted to just, like, reach out to our parents or, like, send a Snapchat or whatever. Um, <laughs> also like the people there were so kind and I think that's like I don't know I felt like there was like some stereotype like before we went to Cuba you know like America and Cuba you know that whole relationship but they were Mm -hmm. so welcoming and so loving and they just wanted like us to have everything that they had like they could not feed us enough they wanted to just like they wanted to like take us to what they call the disco which I think is like their like clubs basically okay Uh, (laughs) But obviously we didn't we we did go there. But um
3: That would have been a pretty fun experience probably. Oh my gosh. It would have been so
2: fun. The little the softball girls on like Team Havana were just like come out with us, like come to the disco. And we're like trying to communicate in Spanish back and forth. Like um some of us know minimal Spanish, so we're whipping out the elementary Spanish <laughs> But it was so fun. Oh my gosh. I uh, I recommended that they do it like as much as they can because that was an experience of a lifetime.
3: That, I mean, that sounds like an unbelievable experience and okay. you guys, I mean, those things, like you said, even the wifi that we all take for granted here, right. It's, you know, it's just a, something that is everyone has, mm-hmm. um, but there they don't, you know, not everyone has it. So um, pretty crazy, different lifestyle, right?
2: Yeah. And then also when you were showering, like you couldn't drink the water, that ran okay. through, like, faucets and showering. So there was always a bottle of water. Uh, we, at one point, we almost, like, ran out of water because we were went to go play games or practice and whatever, and, um, like, we couldn't find grocery stores with enough, like, water. So that wow. was, like, also another experience that, you know, you were either getting, like, a pop somewhere, like, or a juice. Like, fresh juice was very popular, obviously okay. tropical. Um, but, yeah, you had to, like, be cautious of Also, brushing your teeth, not with the faucet water, with the bottled water. So, yeah, it's different. That is
3: that is awesome for you guys to be able to experience that, and that's another Michigan difference, right? Something that a lot of people wouldn't get uh, anywhere else. So, um, that is very very cool. Um, And so now a little bit on the downer side after all these great experiences. Um, so your senior year was cut short um, this year, unfortunately, due to COVID-19 um, and the season was canceled. Now, did you guys get to play a few games right at the beginning of the season and then it got cut short?
2: Yeah, so obviously we opened up the first week of February. Um, so we made a few trips. We got down to Florida. Um, obviously, we started off the season so hot, 10-0, and 0. So that was like the coolest thing I think to experience, especially for my senior year. Um, I think, like, somewhere uh, there was a plan that that was supposed to happen. And uh, we were just riding the wave of like, keep winning games, keep winning games. Um, So, yeah, we went to Florida. We went to South Carolina. We went to North Carolina. And in North Carolina, I got to have my little cousin as our bat girl. So that was so fun. Yeah. Um, so I got to experience kind of these things that I didn't really get to experience in my other years. Um, so even though it ended short, um, we did get through California as well, um, did get through a couple weeks and I think that there was some things I experienced this year that I hadn't in my other three years. And so I'm so thankful for that.
3: Gotcha. OK. And so so at least you guys did get to have part of your season. But um, <laughs> then take me back to the day where everything, you know, I remember the Big Ten tourna- uh, basketball tournament tournament got canceled, you know, in the middle of it right before Michigan was about to play. Um, yes. And then in that next kind of week, everything happened where all these seasons were getting canceled. So take me back to that moment, how you guys found out how as a senior class you handled it and, and Coach Hutch and, and all that.
2: Yeah, we were, um, I think it was the Wednesday or Thursday practice. I can't specifically remember. But um, just after spring break, came back, had a nice, like, restful weekend because we typically get back on the Saturday because spring break, we go through that um, Thursday through the Saturday. And then um, we were in the middle of practice. I remember Hutch left, and I just kind of, like, thought to myself, well, let's reverse. So before practice... We saw that ACC started canceling seasons, Ivy League canceled their season, Um, SEC ended up canceling, and um, then I had heard that Hutch had a meeting at three, which is 30 minutes into practice. And so as soon as she left, I was like, oh boy, you know, I was a little nervous, but I just tried to like keep the team, have a good practice because, you you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. So. About an hour later, about 4 o'clock, Hutch came back to the field, and she didn't come onto the field. She sat in the stands, and we were doing a bunting drill, and instantly I knew and because a couple of us didn't get our bunts down, and you know Hutch is going to be
1: screaming <laughs> when that
2: happens. And she was just, like, chilling there in the stands, and I knew instantly. Um, and we finished the drill, and she came down onto the field and called us into the dugout and said, I hate to tell you this, but I have to, and this is what's happening. Big Ten has foregone the rest of championship season. And instantly, just the whole team had tears. And I know I was heartbroken and my other senior teammates were heartbroken because we just felt like everything was ripped out under, from under our belt. And um, it was hard. It was definitely hard. But I think that there's been so many, like, positive things that have come out of it. And, you know, so... It was hard, but we handled it well. We kept in touch. Um, The team tried to, Team 43 at least, has stayed in touch um, even till now, but we stopped team meetings like just a few weeks ago, I think at least like a month ago. Um, So we stayed in touch for a long while. We did some friendly competitions just to lighten the mood, keep people active, and yeah, Hutch has been also great about it.
3: Yeah, and I can hear the emotion in your voice even talking about it now. So I, yeah. I can tell how how tough it was for you specifically and the team as a whole mm-hmm. too. And, and I know that um, with the Michigan Softball Academy, you guys were able to do a lot of stuff together for that as well. And I remember um, Hutch talking about how how you guys have kept along. I know she's been on calls. You guys had different groups and stuff you were doing stuff with, right? Um, yeah, so that was yeah. great to be able to still – have that camaraderie with your team right
2: yeah absolutely the Michigan Softball Academy is like probably one of my favorite events I mean and I'm not just saying that just for show but it it's I mean my mom had fought with breast breast cancer and is a survivor and my grandma passed away from it so it's like one of those personal events that you just Mm -hmm. you want to give it like everything you got and just support the people that are willing to support the great cause so it was so fun
3: Good. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Um, we're like plugging everything Michigan softball right now. But if you guys, if anybody out there hasn't heard of or um, been to or donated to the Michigan Softball Academy, go check it out. Um, I think you guys still, even with a virtual thing this year, still raised over $100,000, correct?
2: Yeah, we were pushing huge for it. I know at one time we were sitting at like some odd, some 10 odd thousand dollars. And we were like, all right, like let's get to sixty, let's get to seventy, and then the numbers just kept climbing and climbing, and we were just like, all right, a hundred thousand, like let's get there. So we did, I think. Um, but people are just so gracious, and it, it was hard during this time. Like, right, you don't want to donate yeah. money, and um, but there's still people out there that are willing to do that. So
3: yeah, so cool, okay, awesome. And so um, we actually we had Ben Kaiser on a few weeks ago, uh, Michigan salt or Michigan baseball pitcher. Um, And talk to him about kind of the whole thing of, you know, everyone says play every game like it's your last. Right. And you guys really, truly did that without even knowing it. So um, give us a little insight on what it was like to be like looking back on your last game at bats, you know, all that stuff um, without knowing at the time that it was going to be your last.
2: Yeah. um, The last game was tough. It wasn't a win, but I think that. Either way, this team, like, Team 43 always just tried to find ways to, um, to like, up the camaraderie between each other and find ways to connect and to get this team to just, like, mesh as one and roll as one unit because um, we knew that's how the only way you're going to win. Um, Michigan baseball can attest to that their last year mm-hmm.
1: season.
2: Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that – I think that Hutch kind of, like, instills the – You never know when it's going to be your last thing just like subtly because she's always just like asking for our best. And I don't know anyone on this team or on past teams that wasn't giving their best and didn't want to get better. And so I think it's just kind of the Michigan difference, you know, like, you know, to give 110 percent every day. Um, So, granted, our last game wasn't great. Um, I think, you know, we still give every game everything we got. So.
3: Awesome. And and Hutch, I mean, she's a legend, obviously. Over 30 <laughs> years now, unbelievable. She'll be in the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, she's going to go down as probably, you know, one of the best Michigan coaches in any sport. Um, mm-hmm. So I know Hutch is a character. She's rough around the edges, right? But she's got a <laughs> sweetheart and she's fun. Do you have any great Hutch stories for us that you can share?
2: Yeah, um, so you just mentioned sweetheart. So people... <laughs> You know, people probably wouldn't think of her like that. They just see her at their base ripping her glasses off. Um, <laughs> but I think, yeah, she has this, like, I think she has this, like, gentle side to her that, you know, obviously she doesn't show because she's head honcho. She's the coach. Um, But, like, for example, Nikki Cordes, our old director of ops for Kelsey, had a baby. And Charlie is the sweetest. And she just, like, has the most affectionate love for these babies. And none of us expected that. When- <laughs> Like, literally jaw dropped. Um, and then in Cuba, the other coaches, I think they're probably, I don't know, like, I don't want to give an estimate of an age, but, like, probably, like, middle-aged, right? And uh, mm-hmm. they're, like, we're all in a huddle. Like, all the girls are dancing. And the coaches and the other girls pull Hutch into the middle of the circle <laughs> and like are, like, chanting for her to dance. And she starts busting out moves, and it's hysterical. And I think she just, like... I think she has this, like, fun side to her that not many people get to see. Um, but, yeah, she's definitely – she's a hoot, that's for sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and she has a new puppy as well, right? Mm-hmm. She still has Marley, who – Marley is the been the team mascot for – 15 years now, but she's, she's got a new puppy, um, as well as you. So yeah, I think that, um, Hutch is, you know, she's one of the greatest. And like you said, I think if, if anybody gets to know her, they're, they're definitely blessed. So, um, yeah. And so, okay. Um, so moving on now, you are finished with school, right? So what, what was your major in undergrad? Um, I was
2: health and fitness.
3: Okay. Health and fitness. Okay. Um, So what are your next steps? I know you could possibly come back for an extra year of eligibility, but it sounds like you're going to forego that. Um, And tell us a little bit about what you're going to do next.
2: Yeah. So um, after just kind of discussing with my parents and trying to figure out what I want to do and talk to my sister a lot because she played at Indiana and um, she had some teammates who sent me some really nice texts with some kind words like, encouraging me to take the fifth year um but i think that after just like honestly like praying hard about it and thinking about it it's just i'm ready to just go on and uh, achieve my career goals and so i'm applying for nursing school in december so that is hopefully gonna go as planned right now i'm taking pre classes for nursing so that is what i'm doing
3: <laughs> and so where, is Michigan your where you're hoping to go for nursing school too, or are you, are you looking other places as well?
2: Yeah, looking other places, Um, probably just down the road at Washtenaw Community College. Um, okay. It's what's affordable for me and what's going to mm-hmm. work, um, and it also gets me to the same place as everyone else, um, but I would continue my education after I got my RN license.
3: Okay. Awesome. That is great to hear. And so you're still in Ann Arbor too. So you'll be, um, back cheering on the football team with Andrew this, uh, this fall praying that, uh, football happens, of course. Right. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So what they're back to, they're back to voluntary workouts as well, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're, um, so what's nice, what's been awesome about uh, Michigan athletics thus far is that they're testing all athletes. I believe, I believe all athletes, um, but yeah, football just got a bunch of COVID testing in, and they are back rolling, doing voluntary workouts, and so that is a good sign for us football <laughs> fans in the fall.
3: Absolutely, yes, we are a big football podcast here. We love the football team. Yes. Um, we'll have to get Andrew on the podcast come up coming up oh, soon he'd too. He'd love it. He'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we we love the big boys on the O line as well. Yes, so we do. Um, awesome. All right, well, thank you so much for your time, Madison. We loved having you on here. Fantastic stories and everything inside on Michigan softball. Um, like we said, go check out the Michigan softball team. Hopefully they'll be playing at Alumni Field this spring. Um, and then go check out the Michigan Softball Academy as well. Is there anything else you want to plug?
2: Um, I think you about hit it.
3: <laughs> All right, perfect. Well, thanks again for coming on, and yeah, we will catch you guys next time.
2: Thank you.
0: Welcome back from our interview with Michigan softball player Madison Uden. Uh, Roe, thanks for a great interview there. Yes, yeah, she was
3: awesome to have on. Shout out to uh, Michigan softball, arguably the most uh, successful Michigan athletics team out there. So um,
0: we love we love the girls on the Michigan softball team. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get on to our zero to ninety takes, guys. Hope you guys got them prepared here this week. Let me get my stopwatch out. Anybody want to go first? Yay, nay. I'll, I'll take one for the team. Okay. All right, Jack. Your zero to 90 starts now. All right. This episode was very
1: wide receiver focused, and I'm going to put that towards this upcoming season. I think Nico Collins and Ronnie Bell will have over 1,000 receiving yards this season with Joe Milton, the quarterback. <laughs>
0: He had to throw that last part in there. It's <laughs> gotta just gotta just gotta kinda stab Ro in the you heart a little twist bit. Twist the so nice. knife a little bit on Ro.
3: <laughs> Honestly, like
0: that. It's just so rude whenever <laughs> you say it at this point.
3: I just know the it's pain, direct, the pain
1: in your me. eyes. <laughs>
3: yeah. it's like, okay. And then you know what's gonna happen though? You guys are talking all this stuff, you know, all summer long. September 5th is gonna come along. Number 10 is going to trot it out there for the first snap of the first series, and you guys are going to be like, shit, Roe was right the whole time. He's the smartest man we all know. We should listen to him for all his takes and probably get rid of all of our takes.
1: <laughs> we got to make him a one-man show. He'll be like Jim Rome.
0: Oh, Just my cut God. out. <laughs> All right. I already
3: told you I'm carrying the team. I my head can't fit through the door. This is, I mean, it basically is the Justin Rowe show here with you guys, (laughs) you know, (laughs) hanging off the back.
1: I mean, you got the gold mic for a reason.
3: Exactly. I awarded myself a gold microphone.
0: (laughs) Celebrity status. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Rowe. Let's hear your zero to ninety. Your zero to ninety starts
3: now. All right. I'll keep it going with the wide receiver talk here. So um, the most receptions in the whole entire country with 10 plus yards after the catch in 2019, our guy Ronnie bell is number four on that list with 21 catches uh, with 10 plus yards after the catch. He only had 48 receptions on the year. Half his receptions had over 20 or had 10 yards plus after the catch. He's going to have more than that in
1: 2020. He's going to be, be our leading receiver
0: oh there's your 30 seconds oh
1: timed it perfectly look at that <laughs> oh man. dude ronnie oh, man, dude,
0: i hope getting
3: a, he's getting a lot of love from blue by 90 this week yes
0: he, he is deservedly so just saying
3: just saying. All right, Kalen. Are you ready?
0: You got a timer? I got a timer. I'm not ready, but I'll I'll go. <laughs> go um, ahead.
3: Go ahead and time it, Jay.
1: All right, Kalen. Your zero to ninety starts now.
0: Okay, I think Aiden Hutchinson is obviously our best defensive end. Um I'm predicting that one, he's gonna have nine sacks. Insane, but he will also have five batted passes. I think that Aiden Hutchinson is going to put up monster numbers this year, um, and that's my zero to ninety take.
1: That's a solid take. I love he did it. bat some balls down last year.
0: Yeah, I, I think
1: like he that. had three. I like that nine sacks, five batted balls. Yeah, nine that's is heavy. Had. But <laughs> I was, was like going to say, what They're did
3: around. what did Chase Young have last year? I think he had
1: like sixteen or something. Sacks, I think so. Oh dang. Yeah, I mean that's he, crazy. He blew it up.
3: Yeah. Predators. Oh, no. He wasn't very good. We don't really like him that much. No. Ohio State stinks. <laughs> Every guy on Michigan is better than Ohio State. I
1: mean now we're now we're just talking facts.
0: Yeah, no <laughs> argument for me. All right. Do you guys have anything else you wanna throw in there? Go
1: blue. I'm all
3: out of bad takes here. So,
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show for this week. Uh, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter at Blue by 90 or on YouTube at Blue by 90 podcast. Um, if you have any feedback, feel free to send us an email. blueby 90 at Gmail dot com. Um, other than that, go blue.
1: You drop that thing down to the flow. I'm here for one night, half-fart, where you go? I wanna
2: see you work out for me. Work out for me. High go low. Now, girl, will you drop that thing down to the flow? I'm here for one night, half-fart, where you go? I wanna see you work out for me. Work out for me. She like the boy with the big old chains. Ride around town in the big old range. I knew it when I rocked big old chains. not a little doing big old things would you look at that i came back for just to get to you like you asked for man that thing in them jeans too fat for it rebound so i caught off the back